daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. ITG Daily. J.C. Sherbert here with you. Hello to all you Gamecock fans. It is Thursday, February the 6th, the day after the second national signing day. And, um, well, it's still kind of lingering here with this class of 2020. Going to definitely talk about Jordan Birch uh, here in a little bit. Uh, also want to encourage you guys uh, that are familiar with 107.5 The Game. Uh, I was on with Heath Klein yesterday. Um, you can go check out that interview on 107.5thegame.com um, where I kind of broke it down. And I'm going I'm to repeat some of the things I said yesterday and then, then add a little more to that. And we're going to get into that in a second. Also, got to talk about last night on the hardwood. I mean, it was – and I feel bad for you guys because I think – you know, yesterday, everybody signed. You got White in the boat. Uh, Ja'Kari Caldwell went to Carolina. Uh, a flip uh, from South Florida, a uh, promising linebacker prospect. Uh, and then Jordan Burge goes and, and does his, you know, thing. And uh, obviously that letter of intent is not in. And everybody's kind of in an uproar about it. And then, of course, basketball last night was uh, disappointing to say the least. Uh, I don't think it was surprising. I, I've been watching Ole Miss this year. They're better than people think, uh, especially at home. Morgan Freeman was in the house. <laughs> when I saw Morgan Freeman have a, having a conversation with Lane Kiffin last night, can you imagine? Lane Kiffin talking to Morgan Freeman. Um, that's interesting. That's uh, two people who were legendary for different reasons. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, you know, when I saw Morgan Freeman and people had his, you know, he was actually at the game because I saw it was Morgan Freeman night. And I, I know he's got ties to Mississippi and uh, is an old Miss guy. Uh, but when I saw he was actually there, I was like, oh, man, you know, the, the legend is in the house. And uh, the Gamecocks missed Justin Manaya last night because uh, they couldn't rebound. Their offense, defense, both parts of that game were kind of wonky. Uh, some players were playing out of control. Uh, you talk about glue guys. I think during this recent run, you know, Justin Manaya has been important. I mean, even in the games he doesn't score a whole lot. He's rebounding. He's playing defense. Um, he's the Justin Manaya that we all expected uh, after his freshman year, and it's just heartbreaking and unfortunate that he's got a thumb injury and he's, he's out for an extended period of time. You know, you, you need your thumb to play basketball, and so – that's uh, that's a tough blow, I think, because you know we've talked about during the the winning streak lately how people have stepped up. Well, last night nobody stepped up, and in fact, some guys didn't have their best game. Uh, and Ole Miss uh, is a good team, and when you you know when you can't get over the hump and get that stop when you respond um, and get it in a mat with a manageable margin. It was 11 and a half time game. Gamecocks get it to seven. Then Ole Miss goes back up 15. Then the Gamecocks get it down to eight at 56-48. Ole Miss is back up 14. Um, Gamecocks finally get, they get it down to 10 under 10, five minutes to go in striking distance. And Ole Miss goes on a 6-0 run. So it's just one thing after another. Carolina shot very poorly uh, to start the game. Um, shot a little better in the second half. Uh, Manaya, I'm sorry, excuse me, Kusinar 28 points. Coats are 19 um, and we'll get to what this means in terms of, you know, the future of the net ranking. I'm going to say this. Uh, for a long time, I felt like this team's perfectly capable of making a run uh, to get to the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm not so sure now. You know, with the losses they took, 
um, and also with, uh, you know, the loss of, of Justin Minaya. I mean, it's just um, it, it's it's very how, – how do I say it? Uh, I'm not as confident. <laughs> how about that? Uh, the Gamecocks dropped six spots in the net down to 79. Uh, road loss like that, it's a Q2 loss right now. Uh, but Ole Miss came in 1-7 in the league. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe they turn it around. Maybe it's not that bad. But critical, critical game against Texas A&M Saturday uh, at Georgia, uh, who blew a huge lead, demoralizing against Florida. Um, and then they've got Tennessee. So the next three are probably going to tell you whether or not they get back in or not. Okay, so that's basketball. Uh, I kind of ran my blabber mouth there. Um, just tied up basketball because yeah, I, I'm not gonna I'm gonna go with Birch from here on out uh, for you know, first things first. But just, just tying it up, uh, SEC net rankings: Auburn 16, Kentucky 24, LSU 28. Uh, Gamecocks still have LSU at home. Uh, they lost to Vanderbilt last night, uh, so whew, um, couldn't happen to a better coach than Will Wade. Uh, Arkansas 37, Mississippi State 41, Florida 42, Bama 44, Tennessee 66, Gamecock 79, Georgia 90, Missouri 101, Ole Miss 102, A&M 129, and Vandy moves up from like the 160 or they were they were 170, now they're 146, moved up 25 spots. Well, that went over LSU, so that kind of makes you wonder too. That game at the end of the year at Vanderbilt, that's not necessarily going to be. An easy game if they continue to play like they did against the Bayou Bengals. So, you know, Frank Martin's team, I, I thought at the minimum they needed to get to five and four. Uh, I sort of felt like the Ole Miss game was the winnable one on the road. Arkansas was going to be tough, but they flipped those kind of like this team does. Um, and so we'll see. I, I think wins in the next three, uh, eight and four going to Starkville. You're cooking with grease. You got a shot. Um, lose at Georgia or lose, God forbid, at home to Tennessee or Texas A&M, I, it's, you know, you're working toward the NIT barring a run in the NCAA tournament. That's just my opinion. Uh, anything can happen. You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see this team win a bunch of games in a row. Uh, but I'll tell you this, it's um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be more confident in that if Justin Minaya wasn't out um, for an extended period of time. Just those young guys just don't always – you know, they have their games. They're up and down. They're young. Speaking of young, Jordan Birch. Okay, so, and, and Tony Morrell talked about this. If you're a VIP member of thebigspur.com, he gets more in depth. But basically, you know, here's what I've been told about this situation. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there because that's my job. You know, I mean, I, I, I but, but I'm going to say, I don't, and nobody really has a direct line to Birch and his family. To understand what exactly is going on, and there's a lot of people that, that sort of think they know, and um, but but even the people you would think knew, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, obviously they don't know because as of yesterday afternoon, everything looked hunky dory. I mean, I was when the the press conference came and went, I still thought, well, surely they'll just send it in because what I was told yesterday was, well, having trouble tracking down the mom. Um, and then I, I was told, well, you know, for all we know, she may, she may be asleep or just out of pocket, not near her phone. I mean, it, it was presented to me like no big deal. Well, then as time passed, you know, you start hearing, well, they need more time, this, that, and the other. And, and you just kind of wonder because, you know, there are other schools that recruited Jordan that believe that 
Jordan Birch is going to South Carolina because of his mother. That his mother preferred South Carolina all along. We've heard that from the start. Didn't want her baby going that far from home. Um, Come to find out, you know, yesterday, Jordan was ready to roll. And, you know, his mom maybe wants to think about it a little bit. And I, I think we all know that's kind of what's happening. But the question is why? You know, I, I think as someone that's covered recruiting for 15, 20 years, and, and I'll tell you this, this is the most bizarre. I mean, most of the time when you get bizarre situations uh, where, you know, parents aren't on the same page or whatever, uh, I'll give you two examples. Uh, I'll give you Landon Collins. Uh, we all remember that he was from a kid from Louisiana. We all remember his mother at the Under Armour game when he committed to Bama. She put on an LSU hat. <laughs> and there was talk up until signing day she wasn't going to be on board with it. That was very public. And that was a disagreement between parents, you know, in terms of – or between parent and player. Um, that's – you know, everything I've been told is, you know, if Jordan himself wasn't, you know, wavering, they've been on the same page and have been for months. They went to Baton Rouge. Uh, because they promised Ed Orgeron, who's a good guy, great recruiter, great program, that they'd come down if they won the national title. And, and they did. And smart move on his part. Um, so so I, th- I think that when you look at it from the you know 10,000 foot or what normally happens in recruiting, the thought is, well, you know, LSU's making a move. I don't know that to be the case, and that's what's so crazy about this. There's like no legitimate reason if that's not it. If it's not LSU, um, and I put the theory out on 107.5 the game yesterday. This is a this is a family that's you know really di- has disdain, and that's the only way I can put it at this point for the publicity side of recruiting. No interviews, no nothing. I don't know what happened. Jordan gave an interview at some point, and then she shut it down. Um, and and he doesn't give interviews, and I mean they didn't even give an interview to ESPN when they came and televised the game. So, um, and I'll say that by saying I did not watch that game. That may have changed. <laughs> uh, Mike Morgan called the game. He told me about it uh, before, you know, beforehand. I didn't watch the game. So if, if you're sitting there, if you have the game on tape, and he's go doing an interview, I, you know, stand corrected. But. You know, just the thought that they would shut ESPN down to me was very surprising. Um, Jordan it, it gives good interviews when he gives them. He's a smart guy. He's not, you know, I, I don't think anybody's worried about him saying something dumb because um, he's a smart kid and talks, you know, like a normal kid. So, but, but there's disdain for the publicity part of it. And so, you know, one theory that was posed to me yesterday was maybe she didn't want Will Muschamp talking about him or answering questions about him in the media because, you know, Will Muschamp cannot talk about Jordan until he signs. Um, you know, maybe that was part of it. You know, maybe it is LSU. You know, I, you know there's all kinds of talk out there about, you know, the different theories. Um and the only, th- I mean, the only thing I can put my finger on, because here, here are the facts. The fact is he hadn't put it, he sent his letter of intent to South Carolina. Now, I'm recording this at 9.40 a.m. Eastern time. So, 
maybe he sends it in in the next. Nothing would surprise me. You know, I could see the, the tweet coming through from at Gamecock Football. Welcome, Jordan Birch. Um, you know, at any time. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me to see it happen over the weekend. Um, you know, so, so that's that's the deal. You know, I, I, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, you're an idiot, Jordan Birch is signed. Keep in mind, this is not live radio. <laughs> um, so here are the facts. You know, and, and there's really two, you know, two sets of, of theories that I think are plausible here. And remember, they're just theories and opinions. Maybe it's something completely different that we're not even thinking about. Um, number one, here's the facts. You know, they never cut LSU off before they committed the first time. They never cut Georgia off either. You know, they continued to talk to LSU, you know, all the way up until the ceremony and South Carolina. Um, LSU felt after the visit this past weekend that he was going to South Carolina. You know, maybe some people were holding out hope in Baton Rouge. Most of the folks at LSU thought, nah, he's sticking with the Gamecocks. And so you read those tea leaves, you know. But the fact is he did make a visit there, and he never cut him off, he and his mom. Kept talking to him. So that's a fact. So, so that's one theory, is that everybody's right, and it's LSU holding it up, and he's strongly considering going to Baton Rouge and playing for Ed Orgeron and, and that program, which is great. That program is a great program. you got to tip your hat to them. Um, and I've seen Ed Orgeron win recruiting battles. Uh, probably not quite like this, but I've seen him win recruiting battles since he was at Southern Cal in, you know, 2004. He's the, one of the best recruiters in the country. So is Will Muschamp. You know, Will Muschamp, I, I think, you know, say what you want about game day and things not going right. I mean, I think the guy's a hell of a recruiter. And, and I think that that's been proven at Florida and South Carolina. So, you know, Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just face value. LSU's mixed it up. He's got him thinking, and there's a decision that has to be made. You know, that's theory number one. But then you talk to people, and they're like, well, no, Jordan and his mom, both on board with South Carolina, have been the whole time. You have other schools. You have certain schools that were in the mix that literally will tell you to your face, they'll tell anybody that listens, that that was the mom's decision, him going to South Carolina. And... You know, they got that impression somehow, you know, that if it weren't for the mother, uh, for Jordan's mom, and wanting him to stay close to home, probably would have gone elsewhere, you know, maybe Clemson, who, wherever, okay? So that's A, you know. Uh, But then you got other schools that say, no, 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 you know, it's, uh, you know, his mom really liked us. And, you know, you look at uh, some schools and, well, we thought we had the, you know, we thought the mom was going to, you know, was on our team, on our side. Um, And then you talk to Carolina, they're like, no, both Jordan and his mom were there. And that's the only school he's verbally committed to. And while he didn't come out and say, I'm going to South Carolina, none of those kids did yesterday. It was just like, I'm going to spend the next three or four years with my friends. He put the hat on. He had the gear on. He retweeted things that said he stuck with South Carolina, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But it could be. You know, I, 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 still, I don't think you can ignore that he took the trip to Baton Rouge. He never cut them off. I don't think you can ignore that just based on the standard recruiting protocol and how we have to read the tea leaves. The other theory, which is, if this is the case, is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in recruiting. And I mentioned Landon Collins earlier. 
Uh, Alex Collins, you guys remember him. He played for Arkansas, uh, running back from South Florida. When Brett Bielema first got there, he had, oh, shoot, what was that guy's name? Was it Partridge? He was head coach at FAU for a little while. It was kind of a disaster. But anyway, uh, he was uh, Wisconsin's really good recruiter in South Florida, followed Brett to Arkansas. You notice Arkansas had a run on South Florida kids there for a couple years, and actually they were pretty good when they did. And Alex Collins, four-star running back, who uh, Jerry Hamilton and I, when we worked together 24-7 sports, thought he was the best running back in the country. Um, and he ended up being really good. His mom wanted him to stay and go to Miami. Stay at home. And uh, which is a logical kind of situation. You know, why don't you stay at home? Kind of like Landon Collins' mom wanted him to stay and go to LSU. Kids do that. That's not abnormal where uh, a kid wants to go someplace else. I mean, Roquan Smith went to UCLA, did not sign, ended up at Georgia, and probably happy he did. But, um, you know, those types of situations. Well, well Alex Collins' mother took the LOI and wouldn't give it to him because she had a different opinion. Um, as to where he wants to go. That's, you know, there's no concrete evidence that's the case there that there's any disagreement at all. So the second theory, and the one that I'm inclined to lean toward, is that there is a disconnect between the reality of Jordan Birch as a recruit as it relates to information in the public eye, which this is the United States of America. If you don't want to talk to the media you know, you don't have to. And I don't hold that against him and his mother at all. And believe me, uh, it's better for me if they're both talking and on the record and we have constant updates or, or they're putting stuff out on social media where we can kind of read the tea leaves and report. It's better for me business-wise, workload-wise. It's better for you guys, the fans. It's better for everybody who's consuming this information that they do that. So, believe me, I, I would love it if they did, but how I feel about it as a human being, as a man, as a person, as a citizen of this country, you know, we have a little thing called freedom. And if you don't want to talk to the media, you don't have to. And the media, quite frankly, should respect that and be like, well, you know, that's, uh, that's totally, totally fine, you know. I mean, I'm not going to act like a jerk, because a, a young mother and her 18, 17, 18-year-old 18 kid don't want to talk to the media. That's fine. You want, to, you want to do that? That's fine. But there is a disconnect, I think, there between doing that and making that choice uh, and the reality of what happens when you completely shut it down and you don't even allow your future head coach to talk about it. You know... Because the bottom line is, Jordan, if he wants to play college football, be it at LSU, South Carolina, you know, the Merchant Marine Academy, wherever the heck he goes, there's going to be coverage. He's one of the top players in the country. What happens when he goes to the NFL? You're going to have to deal with the media. And I think he deals with the media fine, and I think his mom does too. It just may be that, hey, you're a little too young for this. And I applaud that and respect that. But the, but the problem is when you have things like, not sending in the LOI because you don't want talk about it. Uh, and you just said, you said something twice, once on national TV and once in front of a bunch of local media that you're going to a school and it's the school in your city and there's a ton of fans and he's the top recruit in the class, you know, there's going to be a reaction. 
That's all anybody's talking about. Um, so if you wanted to go away, my opinion would be to to send in the LOI, have Muschamp release a statement. We're glad to have Jordan, and away we go. Nobody, and I promise you, you know. And here's where the disconnect, lack of understanding about recruiting is. I promise you, once he signs, nobody's going to care. You can go back to being a kid, at least until he enrolls and people are talking about him. And you know, freshmen at South Carolina don't talk to the media. So Jordan, once he gets to Carolina, he's going to have a year where he doesn't have to do anything. People are going to talk about how he plays, talk about him as a player, ask Muschamp about him. But he didn't have to face questions or do interviews for a year. Uh, and so I think there's a lack of maybe understanding that, you know, the LOI is part of the recruiting process, not necessarily. A, and, yes, once he signs, Muschamp can talk about him. But it's not part of a, um, you know, it, it's not a publicity stunt. It's like a, a functional uh, deal uh, that most recruits do. Now, I'll say this. Someone somewhere, Ed Orgeron, Kirby Smart, whoever they're still talking to or they were talking to, may have told him, look, you don't have to sign a letter of intent. You have April until April 1st to sign it. And that's true. Now, the school, after they send one out seven days later, they have to send another one, and I'm sure they will. Um, and then there's some guys that can, you know, you don't even have to sign at all. You can just enroll. Once you enroll, it's binding. Um, and so the third way on all this is do they want to continue the recruiting process? That would surprise me, seeing as how there is a disdain for how the recruiting process plays out publicly. And, and that's not my fault. You know, that's not 24-7 sports fault, rivals fault, you know, ESPN's fault. That's nobody's fault. That's just kind of how it is. It's like NFL draft coverage. You know, that, that's college football. We have 12 guaranteed games a year for most teams. For many teams, there's a, there's a lot of bowls, so maybe it's 13. The most you play is 15. So even the schools that play 15 games, you know, there's 350 days out of the year where you got to talk about something else, and most of it's about the roster, be it injuries during game week, depth chart during game week, recruiting, whatever. It's a function of roster, and so they're going to talk about these folks. I mean, it, it's not you can't hide from that if you want to play college football. Now you can, like I said. It's America. You don't have to do interviews. And, uh, and, and I applaud that, you know, because I, I feel like parents should do whatever they feel is best for their kid. And, look, I, I have a good career. I get to talk about the Gamecocks to you guys every day. Uh, I have the BigSpur.com, which is a very successful website. Uh, I get to cover and follow the school that I grew up following and covering uh, you know, I, I love it. I'm lucky. It's not going to – I mean, would it be better theoretically if Jordan Birch and his mom talked to the media? Yeah. But it's not going to kill me. I can still do my job. And if she doesn't want her son talking or she doesn't want publicity for her son, that's her right. That's her right as a parent. So I, I applaud that part of it. I just think that there's probably a disconnect there. Uh, in, in kind of the understanding of the process and, you know, if it's about no publicity uh, to where, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, you, you got to compartmentalize these things, you know, this is part of the process. This isn't about publicity or interviews or anything like that. Um, and like I mentioned, the third way, which I, I, I would be surprised if that was likely, but maybe it is, 
uh, is that somebody's told her they don't have to sign, and so they're not going to sign. And they're just going to enroll, and, and we have, you know, it's like Groundhog Day. We're going to have more months of Jordan Birch. Uh, I can never remember whether seeing a shadow or not seeing a shadow means spring's coming or not. But whatever that is, it's Groundhog Day. The groundhog's come up, gone down, and this means, you know, we got more months until June when he can enroll at the school of his choice. Um, And that could be a factor, too, you know. Anyway, my gut says we may have some resolution this weekend. We may not. I hate to even put a timetable. I mean, I thought even with the delay yesterday, I was like, surely they're going to send this letter of intent in. Um, after all this. But again, you know, they may not be aware of the angst and consternation uh, this is causing. Um, Anyway, uh, I would encourage all of you that listen to this podcast to be very, very careful uh, with public statements. I I would be very careful uh, with what you say about Jordan specifically and his mom. Um, You know, and I would encourage fans of all schools to do that. I mean, you know, this this is a situation that certainly is unprecedented, uh, that's rare when it comes to recruiting, but I, I don't know that it's vicious. Um, and I, I don't know that anybody deserves to be, you know, run down by it. Uh, I just, you know, just please, you know, understand these are human beings, and human beings make choices and decisions all the time. Uh, and we don't have to agree with them, and we don't have to think that's the right way to do them. But that doesn't mean these people are bad people. I mean, it just means they they do their own thing. Heck, yours truly does his own thing, and I'm sure some of you guys do too. If you're a Gamecock fan, you definitely do your own thing because it's not easy. (laughs) It is not easy. Yesterday was one of those Gamecock days. It started out great. Things were looking good. Uh, I think somebody on the Big Spur posted it could be the best day in Gamecock history. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the ship turned. It was like there's there's a – there's a video on YouTube of a plane crash. It was a big C-130 overseas foreign military. and You watch it, and the plane goes up, and it's climbing, 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 banks, and then, boop, right down to the ground. Um, and that's kind of how yesterday was, to use some symbolism um, on that. It was like watching a, a slow plane crash. Uh, so hopefully... Hopefully that's not how it, it all ends up working out for Jordan Birch because I, I do think it's one of the biggest recruiting wins of Will Muschamp's career. Uh, probably with Don, besides Dante Fowler at Florida, who looked like he was going to Florida State, and Muschamp went in and got him. Um, I mean, they flipped Tease Tabor back from Arizona on signing day. But, uh, you know, this is – you know, this guy, Marshawn Lloyd, Zach Pickens, Ryan Helensky, Luke Doty, you know, those are your guys, you know. Everybody talks all the time about, oh, South Carolina doesn't get the elite players like they did under Spurrier. Well, numerically, all these guys that are coming in are ranked just as higher, higher than the guys Spurrier brought in. There's no Clowney. There's no Marcus Lattimore. But those guys are kind of generational special players. Um, other than that, numerically, they're recruiting at a higher level than Spurrier did because unlike Spurrier, you know, a third of their guys that they get in the class, the bottom third rankings-wise, end up being better than that. Now, are they superstars? No, but you know, top to bottom, you know, this is a more solid roster than it was. But you, know, you still have to have your elite guys, and Jordan Birch is one of them. 
I mean, who doesn't want a six foot five, two hundred sixty pound defensive end that has outstanding athleticism and quickness, long arms, rush the passer, you know, number eight overall player in the country. Every those are that's an absolute no brainer. He's right there in your backyard. And you got his you know teammate right there, and your son was his high school quarterback. Uh, which I also want to say this: there, there's some Jackson Muschamp conspiracy theories out there because he's going to Georgia, and you know. It's fine to be like, well, you know, the coach's kid is going to Georgia. You know, some people brought up Mark Rick's kid went to Clemson. Um, I, I I don't think that has anything to do with the Jordan Burch situation. And, and I thought Will Muschamp yesterday put it perfectly and said, well, look, you know, Texas, Florida, South Carolina, wherever, you know, Jackson and I decided a long time ago he wasn't going to play where I play, where I'm coaching. I don't blame him. You know, and, and it's not like Jackson Muschamp was, you know, the top quarterback in the country. I mean, he still may have gone to Georgia, and, and that would have been something that I think would have been a little bit more of a, you know, discussion point. But but he's going to walk on and go chase his dream. Let him. Honestly, Georgia needs walk-on quarterbacks right now because they've, they've got guys that leave and – you know, they're trying to stack depth. They, their situation, if, if they have an injury or two at that, that spot, you know, better hope the kid from Wake works out and they're running an offense that he's good at. So, I, you know, I think Georgia's a good opportunity for a walk-on. Their, their backup quarterback was a walk-on this year. So, anyway, that's just that. Jackson Muschamp has nothing to do at all with the Jordan Birch, Alex Huntley situation. Nothing. Not, not a thing. You know, and, and I think as much as there is to criticize Will Muschamp about uh, in terms of wins and losses, you know, want to do that, fine. You know, obviously it would be a bad thing if he lost Jordan Birch. Um, you know, there's plenty to criticize the head coach about, but, you know, I mentioned all that stuff about family earlier. Leave the family alone. I mean, that really has nothing to do with anything. There, there's no, Nobody's going to use that against Will Muschamp in recruiting. Because, oh, you, you know, I think people think, well, you know, oh, his own son didn't even want to go play for him. Well, no. His dad didn't recruit him. There was no opportunity. They decided when he was in eighth grade he wasn't going to play for Will. Period. Bottom line. And so, you know, if you're out there thinking that, please don't think that. Please don't think that was some kind of negative thing. Um. There's plenty of things to latch on to, plenty to be worried about without dragging Will Muschamp's kid who's going to go chase a dream and walk on at Georgia, um, you know, without without running him down and, and, and running down his dad about a father-son thing that has really nothing to do with football other than that's the sport he played. That's it, period. Bottom line, please don't do that. Anyway, I didn't mean to sound preachy. Uh, so, okay, so so here's the deal with the podcast today. Going to get off here. Gave you a lot on Birch and basketball. Uh, again, tough basketball loss last night. The next three are crucial. Uh, not as confident now with Manaya out. They need to have somebody step up. Nobody stepped up last night. And when you shoot ice cold uh, at the beginning of a game and you, you can't play defense well, you know, you're going to get beat, especially by Ole Miss, who's a good shooting team and a well-coached team. You know, they they got them. Um, so we talked about that, talked about Birch. 
Uh, stay tuned to thebigspur.com uh, for all the latest. Tony Morrell, again, if you're not a VIP member, I think you can join pretty cheap. I think we got some deals going there, so go check that out. Read that article. Um, conversate on the board. That's probably where the, 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 the news will break if there is any. Uh, so that's one. Um, two, started breaking down all the positions yesterday, these little 15, 17-minute specials on it. Uh, I'm not going to do the D-line yet until Birch gets in. Um, and so we'll have running backs and linebackers uh, here in the next couple of days. And then, you know, win, lose, or draw on Birch, I think, you know, by next Wednesday I'll put out a D-line breakdown preview. And that will be all the positions. And if you missed it yesterday on our Football Insider episode, Tony Morrell, I sort of just let him talk. Um, he gave his – take on all the guys with some inside nuggets. So that's a very good episode to listen to uh, as well. So probably another position breakdown today uh, here on the podcast. Really appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, hope things get better out there in Gamecock land. But uh, like I said, sunshine, rain, snow, sleet, uh, hail, freezing rain, whatever. Uh, we're right here talking Gamecocks all the time on Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Also talking about it on the Big Spur This is J.C. Sherbert. This has been ITG Daily, and we'll holla at you soon.